Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. And in Luke chapter number 17, the Bible says in verse number 20, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, He answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. So if you can't observe this kingdom, then that would tell me it would be an invisible kingdom. Watch what it says in verse 21. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for the kingdom of God is within you. So if it's within you, then it's a kingdom That is inside, not an outward kingdom. I think we can get that pretty clearly from the passage. Does your race matter? No. Does your nationality matter? No. None of that matters because it is a spiritual kingdom that you cannot see. I can see your race. I can tell your nationality. It's within unobservable, spiritual kingdom of God. Romans chapter number 14, verse number 17, the Bible says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Meat and drink is observable. You can enjoy it, but you can see it. Guess what righteousness and joy and peace is? You can't, it's within. It's a spiritual thing. It's joy. It's in the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, that's a spiritual thing. Look at Matthew, Matthew chapter number six. Matthew chapter number six. I will never forget Romans 14 now. Matthew chapter number six, verse number 33. Watch what it says. Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What do we see in Romans 14? What is it? It's righteousness. It's peace. It's joy in the Holy Ghost. What do we see in Matthew chapter number six? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, what is interesting about the book of Matthew is the kingdom of heaven That phrase is only mentioned in the book of Matthew. And the kingdom of heaven is mentioned 32 times in the book of Matthew. The kingdom of God is only mentioned five times. So I'd like to get some distinction here. First off, in the book of Matthew, the first 20 chapters, what is in view is an earthly kingdom, a physical kingdom, a literal kingdom. Of heaven. That's what is in view in the first 20 chapters. Chapters 21 through 25. The nation basically would not believe God. And so now God, what does he do? The kingdom of heaven is on hold. That's what's happening right now. It is on hold until he comes to rule and reign at his second coming. 
it's not even until you get to chapters 26, 27, and 28, do you even get into view the idea of a New Testament church. Why? Because that's when Christ is delivered. That's when Christ is crucified. That's when Christ is risen again. And you need all of those things to happen and to be accomplished by our Savior to be part of a New Testament church. So I know when we flip that last book, that last page in the book of Malachi, and we flip it over and it says, this is the New Testament and this is the first book in Matthew. Well, it is, but it isn't because you got to read through 25 verses before you even get into New Testament stuff. What do the first 25 chapters of Matthew accomplish? Well, two things. One, it brings together how God dealt with the nation of Israel. The second thing it does is it prepares the way, it prepares for the coming of how God will deal with man in the New Testament. So when you see things in Matthew, uh, well, get Matthew chapter 2. Let's get our spot there. But when you see the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew's five, uh, five, chapters 5 through 7, you're not going to get to heaven by preach that to this lost and dying world. In Matthew 10 and Matthew 24, we don't preach. You have to endure to the, to the end to get to heaven. We're going to look at next week or maybe the following week, all the parables in Matthew 13. The parables in Matthew 13 aren't going to get you or I or anybody to heaven. What this book's about, a lot of what this book's about is there's a war going on. What's the war going on over? A kingdom. A kingdom. In chapter 2, watch how it starts. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, there he is. Watch verse number two, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. What's associated with the king of the Jews? Worship. Look at verse number three. When King Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. Look at verse number four. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. He's looking for him. Verse number six. And now Bethlehem and the land of Judea art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. You got a ruling Governor, look at verse number eight. Watch what pops up again. Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Yeah, right. But what comes up again? What's this? What's worship? Uh, what's mentioned for the second time in Matthew 2? Worship. Worship is go will go on to be mentioned three more times. That's five times. In the book, in chapter number two of Matthew alone, and it is about worshiping a king. And you know what Herod's upset about? He wants to be king of the physical earthly realm, and he wants to do away with Christ. Verse number 11. 
when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Look at verse number 11. Uh, verse number 13. And when they departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. Be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. There's a war over a kingdom, and Herod's trying to destroy the king. Now, he's not successful, but nonetheless, that's the war. An overview of the book of Matthew, so we get some insight in, the, in distinguishing between these kingdoms. You get Matthew uh, 11 through 13, Israel's just rebelling. They don't want. King Jesus. So the Jewish leaders rebel against him. And let's turn over to Matthew chapter number 12. What's happening in Matthew 2? We see this war erupting. Herod wants to do away with King Jesus. Now, he didn't come to be crowned king his first coming. He will his second. But nonetheless, that war is going on. And we see it right in Matthew chapter number 2. All right. Matthew 12. Look at verse number 10. We're going to have a man with a withered hand that is healed. That's a physical healing. Watch this. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, is it lawful to hear on the Sabbath day? They might accuse him. And he said to them, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep? And fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then saith he to the man, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole, like as the other. You'd think. Everybody would, oh, praise God, let's worship, praise Jesus, let's worship Jesus. Except what does verse 14 say? The Pharisees hated that. <laughs> then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him. How they might, what did we see in Matthew 2? Destroy him. They want the king destroyed. And you know what Jesus is trying to do? He's trying to show them, you Pharisees. You don't get it. I am trying to show you by healing this man with the withered hand that your entire nation is withered spiritually. And you know what? The Pharisees could never, ever pick up the difference between the physical and the spiritual. They couldn't. So when Jesus heals that man with the withered hand, all they wanted to do was destroy him, and they missed the entirety of it. Your whole nation is withered spiritually. And all they had to do to be healed was obey his word. That's all they had to do. And so verses 15 down to 21, it's a complete rejection of the king. Verses 22, let's pick it up there. The Bible says, then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, 
blind and dumb, and he healed him. Insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. You know what Jesus has? Complete power. He heals again. What do the Pharisees pull out of their bag of tricks now? Oh, he doesn't have complete power. He's healing because it's the power of Satan. That's basically what they said. Verse 14, after he heals the man with the withered hand, let's destroy him. We get down here. He heals the man possessed with the devil. And look, he casts out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And so they accuse Jesus of getting his power from Satan. Okay, let's read verse 25 and 26. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, this is great. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then, how shall then his kingdom stand? In other words, Pharisees, you guys do not get it. You mean to tell me Satan casts out Satan? It's ridiculous. How in the world would that benefit Satan? Yeah, that makes sense, fellas. Satan casts out Satan. Yeah. <laughs> What's the next ridiculous thing you're going to try to pull on? It didn't make any sense. So God makes sense of it. Watch verse 27. And if I, by Beelzebub, cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? You got your pharaohs, you got your magicians, you got your... What are you fellas doing? And he just flipped it and put it right on them. Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils, watch this. By the spirit of God. Then the kingdom of God is come unto you. The Pharisees, you know who they were sinning against? They were sinning against the spirit of God. In other words, it was an inward rebellion and hatred that they had against Jesus. And they were resisting inwardly that spirit of God. You know what the kingdom of God is? A spiritual kingdom and it's within. You know where their hatred came from? Within. You know how Jesus could have healed them? By his own spirit, by his own power, inwardly. But they refused. And they didn't get it. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom, and it is within. The Pharisees missed it because all they saw was the physical healings. They couldn't understand that their nation spiritually was withered. They couldn't see that nationally they were the ones possessed with the spirit of Antichrist, with the spirit of a devil. And Jesus would have healed them. 
but inwardly they rebel. John the Baptist shows up on the scene, Matthew chapter three, and he starts preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he starts baptizing people. And you know why he called them to repent? Because it was their sinning that was keeping them from receiving the truths that God wanted them to receive. And so John the Baptist shows up on the scene and he says, repent. And some of them did humble themselves and repent. But some just did the act. Which is what Pharisees are good at. It's the act. It's the hypocritical activity. But still an inward heart rejection of the king. That is why. He says bring forth fruits. Meet for repentance. In other words, Romans 14, 17, why not get in on the inward fruits, righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost? That's in Romans 14, by the way. We haven't figured that one out. Look, people get confused and they think the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are the same thing. And I can understand their confusion, but they are not and they will not ever be the same thing. For example, look at Matthew chapter number 10. The kingdom of God is a inward, spiritual, non-observable kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is a physical, literal kingdom. They're not the same. And in Matthew chapter number 10, I want you to notice something. Uh, verse number five, then uh, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying, go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. Jesus is telling the 12, do not under any circumstances go to the Gentiles. Is that what he says in the verse? And then he says, don't go to any city of the Samaritans either. Stay away from those boys. Now watch what he says in verse 6. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now those two verses, Jesus is telling the disciples to go to one specific group of people. And who is that? Israelites. Go to the nation. Go to Jewish Hebrew people. That's where you're going to go. And you know what you're going to tell them? The next verse. And as you go, preach saying, watch this, it's important. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus told them, he didn't tell them, do not preach to anybody else. That's not where the exclusion comes in. So people read this verse and they think, well, is Jesus saying don't go and preach to the Gentiles? Is Jesus saying 
only go to the Hebrew people? Yes and no. There is a message that's brought to all man. There is a message that would be brought to the Gentile as well as the Jew. But not this one. He told them to specifically preach the kingdom of heaven to the nation of Israel. A physical, literal kingdom of heaven. Now, if you haven't heard the messages on the five gospels, Go search that on the website. You'll find it and it will explain gospel of the kingdom of heaven in more detail. And it'll start to unfold as we do uh, these series on the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of heaven. But the distinction is made that when you go to the Jews, you preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, go to Luke chapter 8. Because this, I spent some time there because I want you to see Luke 8 and Luke 9. Luke chapter 8, watch this. Luke 8 and Luke 9, get both of them so we can read them together and make some comment. Luke chapter 8, verse 1. It came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of... The kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. Now look at chapter 9. Look at verse number 2. And he called, oh, verse number 1, he called twelve disciples, gave them power and authority over all devils to cure diseases. And watch what he says, verse 2. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Guess what the disciples are doing at the same time? They're preaching both kingdoms. They're preaching the kingdom of God, and then they're preaching the kingdom of heaven. What was the distinction that Jesus made to the 12 in Matthew chapter number 10? When you go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, you preach to them the kingdom of heaven. But everybody else, guess what you're preaching? The kingdom of God. Because God has promises that he made to that nation. God has a kingdom that he's going to come and he's going to set up and he's going to redirect his efforts and his thoughts on that nation. And those Jews rejected him. But they are preaching both at the same time. And what happens is people run the cross-reference and they say, you see, in Matthew 10 and in Luke 8 and Luke 9, the disciples are preaching both. So they're just terms that are used interchangeably. There's some crossover in truth. Yes. But God told the disciples specifically to preach the kingdom of heaven to who? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. Another example of this is in Matthew chapter number 19. The kingdom of heaven is a literal, literal, earthly, physical kingdom that Jesus Christ will be crowned king when he comes back for his second coming. Right now, he is not the king of the church. He is the head of the church. He's the king within because the kingdom of God is within. It's a spiritual kingdom that lives within side of us. 
But watch another example, Matthew chapter number 19, verse number 14. Matthew 19, verse 14. But Jesus said, Suffer little children, forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Now look at Luke 18. Watch the cross-reference. Luke chapter number 18. There we go. Luke 18, verse 16. The Bible says, But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Childlike faith is required to enter both. When you run the cross-reference, it doesn't just because you have a requirement that is necessary for both kingdoms, that does not by default mean that they are the same thing. It just means that there's some crossover and you need childlike faith for both to enter. And that's not hard to understand. Um, keep your finger in Matthew or in Luke uh, 18. Go back to Matthew 19. I should have asked you to hold your finger there, but I didn't. So go ahead back, Matthew 19. See another example of a truth that applies to both kingdoms. Matthew chapter 19. Bible says in verse number 23. Watch what it says. Matthew 19, verse 23. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. You've got both kingdoms mentioned within the same two verses. You see the mentioning of them in the same verses. That does not mean that they are the same kingdom. It just means, again, it's the same requirement. There's some crossovers in these kingdoms. But one is a physical kingdom. One is a spiritual kingdom. Look at Luke 18. Luke 18, verse 24. And 25, watch how hardly Jesus says, shall they that have riches enter the kingdom of God, for it is easier for a camel to go through the through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. You have cross-references, you have both kingdoms mentioned. It's the same requirement. He's giving the same warning for both. Childlike faith, and you better be careful of your riches. Because it will cause you to reject the physical king or the spiritual king. Childlike faith is required for both. If you've got your faith and trust misplaced in money or riches or fill in the blank with whatever worldly trinket, it's going to cause you to lose out on both. So both apply to both kingdoms. I mean, they're the same. You think about this. Think about three fences. You got one fence. 
Okay. Inside that fence is all believers within the church age. Okay. Now, fence around that one fence. It's going to be a bigger fence. It's going to fence in that one little fence. Now you've got all those that believed in God before the church age and after the church age. And you know what you got? Crossover is what you got. <laughs> that's what you got. The kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. <laughs> that's the kingdom of God. Just because we're in the church age, we're not the only ones that have the kingdom of God within. There's some crossover in this. Matthew 21. Let, let me see if we can look at this. Matthew 21. Kingdom of God is just all believers. Before, throughout all eternity, kingdom of God, all believers. Matthew 21. Let's look at verse 42. Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing and is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. In the Old Testament, God had a covenant relationship with that nation. That nation benefited from both. They had physical kingdom promises, yes. But they also benefited from the spiritual aspect of the kingdom of God as well. And God's telling them, look, you've rejected me. That spiritual kingdom, I'm taking it away and I'm giving it. It belonged to the Jews. It belonged to the Jews. But he's, he is not entrusting the nation anymore with that spiritual kingdom. You wanted to get to know God? You wanted to get to know more about him? And you were a Gentile? How are you going to do it? You're going to have to go through the Hebrew people. God says, I'm taking it from you. And I'm giving it to, guess who? The church. And that's exactly what he did. He's entrusted the spiritual kingdom of God to the church. The nation would not represent him to the Gentiles. All they wanted to do was boast that they were Jews. And their hypocritical behavior didn't help in being a witness to anybody anyway. So you had both working against them. So we'll go back to those fences. Got church age. But you, you go around that, you draw a bigger fence. Now you've got all throughout eternity that have believed in God, kingdom of God. And now you've got this last fence, big, big fence, fenced around all of it, kingdom of heaven. Now go to Matthew 13, and we'll get into this more next week. If you can't cover everything in one night, Matthew chapter 13, we're going to go through these parables. We're not doing it tonight, but we will in the future. Lord willing, next week. 
that fence, that kingdom of heaven fence that encompasses the kingdom of God and that encompasses the church, that's all believers. And here's what I mean by that. Let me qualify that. It's all true believers, the kingdom of heaven, as we're, we're drawing the lens back now, encompassing everything. Kingdom of all true believers and then all counterfeit believers. How can you have a counterfeit believer? Well, there are going to be people that will enter into the millennial kingdom. But they don't want to worship God. They just made it in. And how do I know that? Well, look at Matthew chapter number 13. Look at verse number 41. We'll get into this more detail next week. But look at this verse in Matthew 13, 41. The son of man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity. Now, let me ask you something. Are you part of the kingdom of God? If you've trusted Christ, the kingdom of God is within, right? Is God going to cast you out? Not a chance. Not a chance you know what you got right here look at look at the next verse verse 42 and shall cast them into a furnace of fire there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father who hath ears to hear let him hear verse 44 again the kingdom of heaven is like okay so all these kingdom of heaven is like you know what you got in verse 42 41 42 43 People are being cast out of a kingdom. You know who they are? Counterfeits. Counterfeits. You got wheat and tares parable? It's not the church. It is not the church. If you are in the church, you will not be cast out. You won't. But there will be people that will make it into the millennial kingdom. And because Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning righteously, they're not going to have a choice. But they're counterfeits. They're putting on an act. And God's going to sort it out. He's going to sort it out. But it's not going to affect us because we are a part of the kingdom of God, that spiritual kingdom. And no man is going to pluck us out of the Father's hand. We are safe, secure, eternally in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So they're going to be gathered out of the kingdom, a physical kingdom. That is not going to happen to those in the kingdom of God, the spiritual kingdom. It will not apply to you or me. Let's look at two more verses. Two more verses and then we'll be done. Matthew 21 and 1 Peter 2. Matthew 21, 1 Peter chapter number 2. Get both places. Matthew 21, we'll do that first. Matthew 21, verse number 42, the Bible says, Jesus saith unto them, Did you never read in the scriptures 
the stone which the builders rejected. The same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Praise the Lord. First Peter chapter number two. First Peter chapter number four, two. Watch it. Verse number four. To whom coming as unto a living stone. Matthew, we saw the stone which the builders rejected. First Peter, we're seeing a living stone. Disallowed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Disallowed indeed of men. Who's that? Israel. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. A, and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices accepted to God by Jesus Christ. We don't offer physical sacrifices like that nation, dude. God asks us. It's a spiritual thing. He tells us it's, a, it's all spiritual. Verse 6. Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures. In the scripture. Behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone. Elect. Precious, he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, Wherein also they were appointed. Israel refused the stone. Israel refused the rock upon which the Lord Jesus Christ said he would build his church. So a new nation was formed. I know that's a lot, but you had a physical nation of Israel. You have a new nation formed called the church. And it's all spiritual in nature. Holy. You're part of a holy priesthood. Okay. Uh, let's see. Last verse. But you're a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. And holy nation. Huh? I'm a nation? Yeah. You're a spiritual nation. A peculiar people. The nation of Israel was supposed to be a peculiar people. Called out and separate from the rest of those nations. You know what we're called out to be? A peculiar people. Separate from the rest of the pagan world. <laughs> we're a holy people. It's a spiritual thing. That ye should show forth the praises of him. Watch this. Who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people. You weren't a people before, but now you are a people. Verse number 10. Who are you the people of? God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers. And guess what? Pilgrims. You see that? 
We want a people. We want a nation. God, because of his mercy, made us a holy nation. Called out to live for him. And we don't tell people they have to come to God through a nation. We don't tell people to try to get into a physical kingdom of heaven. That's second coming stuff. They get into this kingdom of God spiritually. Through the preaching of the cross. And by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And they will come into the same nation and be part of the same spiritual kingdom of God that we are. And they will never get cast out. Saved eternally. John 3, you see it both. Whosoever believeth on him should have eternal life. For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Both. You ain't losing it. It's everlasting and it's eternal. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.